0: With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession.
1: Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, happy Friday. We're really glad to have you back with us. By the way, tomorrow is, of course, Saturday, and it is, I believe, the last of Motor Trend Channel... For season six, it is our last six, right. Saturday to be on for right. season six. That is a rerun of our Miata in the snow. It's actually not just about the Miata, it's about sports cars in the snow. And it is a Miata RF on winter tires versus your standard normal CUV, SUV on all seasons. And it's a straight up discussion about what we talk about, which is not, which by the way, isn't. Please don't get a a CUV. Please never get all seasons. Because I know these things happen. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. about, please don't put your sports car away just because there's snow on the ground. And we had so much fun with that piece. It's playing again tomorrow. I have to admit... I miss that shoot. I had so much fun, fun it on was that really, shoot. really, really Because we stretched it
0: yeah. out over some days just yeah, based yeah. on the activities the, the totally, things yeah. that we were shooting and I just, I had so much fun.
1: Yeah, that was, was actually great. one of our more relaxed shoots even though the footage that we're getting is kind of hardcore. So if you haven't <laughs> seen that yet that is playing tomorrow on uh, Motor Trend, it is on its way coming to Amazon. It is already on Vimeo. We are working to get stuff out to as many of you as possible. We just, we are constantly talking. You guys don't, don't even know. We're constantly talking behind the scenes about how to make more content, how to get it more places. Mm-hmm, so know that sure. As that continues to be discussed here. Speaking of that content,
0: oh yes, well, real quick, a thank, a note to thanks our, our TV sponsors who, have oh, yeah. made all of this happen, and you've heard us talk about them: Covercraft, Grio's Garage, and Haggerty Insurance. All three of these companies, we feel like they're our family and we're their family and, and totally. you totally. hear the ads, yeah. but yeah, yeah. we definitely feel like that. And so just a huge thanks to them for bringing all of this to more places mm-hmm. and on the Motor Trend Cable channel. So we really appreciate all their support.
1: It's very cool. We, we, we honestly would not be able to do the show at this level without them. So that's why yes. we talk about them. We're very excited about their products. Also, speaking of more things, more places. Yes. We had a weird idea that we've now executed. Maybe you saw it. It's on our YouTube channel. We took three different episodes of TV that were our lemons journey, our lemons racing journey, our lemons racing journey. That's what it is. It's a journey. And and it took, this was three different races over three different years. They all had their own drama. I took them and I combined them into one hour long film. And that just dropped on YouTube yesterday. It's
0: pretty cool, I have to admit, because we've rewatched the entire thing and there's mm-hmm. parts from the first season. This was twenty seventeen in the first yeah. race and we, we raced subsequent years. Yeah. But there's things that happened that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. But there's a through line, there's a storyline through the whole thing that I Completely. think connects yeah. really well.
1: And actually the parts are You know, less than the whole. Honestly, I I think it really turned out. I think it turned out. Well, it's also a it's I'm not going to say happy accident because obviously we're trying to make this stuff work as well as possible. It is amazing. The natural organic drama that happened each year Mm -hmm. and how that has given the feature film now an overarching storyline that we didn't actually set out to know we could get. So well, it's really fun. So we if you have haven't seen it to yet, that, we're about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Throughout each piece mm-hmm. and referenced it and kind yeah. of said, hey, remember, but people might not have seen it or yeah. might not have realized this is what we're talking about. So now you just get to see it all mm-hmm. in one fell swoop. So it is an hour long, just over an hour it's on cool. YouTube. Check it
1: out. I'm curious to know your comments. You can either Completely, leave your yeah. comments or email us. That'd be great. If you've got more cars in the garage space, and we suspect you probably do, then you need to protect it with a custom car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the NOAA Custom Car Cover. They're each made to fit your car perfectly, and they resist moisture, but also breathe to eliminate condensation. It has four-layer protection for all weather conditions, and it protects your car from UV rays as well. The NOAA covers even have a soft inner layer, are made entirely in the USA, and come with a four-year warranty. In the worst winds we've seen, the NOAA cover stays put. Todd had one on the Lancer
0: and it kept the paint pristine in all conditions. I wore one out after nine years of daily use on my Audi Avant, and people always asked how I kept it so nice. Plus, you can defend your interior against kids and dogs and spills and any weekend adventure you might
1: have in the mud and snow with custom seat covers from Covercraft. You can have the nicest car all winter long with help from our friends at Covercraft. And you can get 10% off your custom car cover and any Covercraft product by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com and it even ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com to keep your car looking its best. There is an announcement that
0: I have to make about later in 2020, Mm -hmm. August 2 through the 6th in 2020 is Pilgrimage 2020 in oh, Germany yeah. and Belgr- Belgium. We are planning for this mm-hmm. at this point and you can go to everydaydriver.com to the Adventures tab right in the middle and you will see as we're starting to populate events for 2020, yep, yep, yep. Pilgrimage is up and you can see everything about it. You mm-hmm. can, you know, of course, email us if you have something, a, a question that we have not answered yet. But there's a frequently asked questions that mm-hmm. are based on prior year's experience and you can sign up right now. So what you can do is click that sign up button it mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're automatically signing up right now and your credit card is swiped. That's not the point. <laughs> you still have to give us numbers. That <laughs> happens later. Yeah. The point is it gives you more information. It's just a way to dive deeper in there and see more about the trip and really consider it. And yeah.
1: we are excited to go. That's like I said, we're planning right now to go. We've got a b- And we're very excited. We've got a group of you going already. And I have already gotten emails from some of you going. Please, 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 please. Let's take this trip. Yes. Please, nobody gets sick. Yes. Let's get on airplanes. Let's go. But it is August, by the way, when it's going to happen. We're very excited. RSR is excited to have us. We did not get to go on our our Iberia trip, which is a bummer. Yes, that would have it's been bummer. coming up in a few weeks. But uh, uh, again, pilgrimage is happening. Of those deals. Utah meetup is supposed to be in September, and we are also. I'm going to say it publicly. You may not have seen it on the website. I'm going to say it publicly. We're working toward a Texas based meetup. We have a huge audience. Thank you for this podcast in all of the major metropolitan areas of Texas. I'm originally from Texas. It's time to go to Texas. So we're working (laughs) on it. We don't know, we don't have a time frame yet, but we are working on it. It's like our next one on the list. So we're working on that.
0: A quick note also about podcast episode number 500, which mm-hmm. is yep. hurtling towards us at this point. I can't believe that,
1: I by still can't way. believe way. I've been either. here for almost all of them, like like short of like three of
0: them. I've been here <laughs> yeah. for all of them. And yeah. It's still crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. So we are planning on doing another live stream, episode 500, taking All questions, Mm -hmm. non-car related questions. Let's just we're taking questions. We'll do
1: questions for cars and not cars. We'll we'll do them all free for all on that one. It'll probably be longer than an hour. I expect it to be honestly. And you've asked for a longer
0: content. So we're just going to let it roll. But Mm -hmm. expect a live podcast announcement for number 500. This episode is 488. So that is hurtling towards us, as I said. But in the meantime, we're going to debate a couple of cars here, Mm -hmm. a couple of situations. First of all, for Jason V, who is seeking a fun car the kids can be proud of. Jason is a father of two. He's got a three-year-old and five-year-old, both boys, and he wants a fun car. His kids can be proud of you know, so the kids can say,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what my dad drives. All that stuff that my son won't shut up about when he goes to school every day. He, he just he, His poor teachers know. There's a teacher in the grade above him that actually watches the show and my son's made this no connection. Kidding. Yes. Yes, yes. I didn't there's, know that. There's a teacher it, my son's a fourth grader. There's what? a fifth grade teacher who follows the show. Oh, that's because so he talks once, about it all the time, Once right? they made that connection, <laughs> they'll just have random conversations in the hallway about like, you know, what are we driving next? He's like mm-hmm. hollering back and forth down the hall. Of course, he's my son, so there's a there's a lot of verbal uh interaction your, going your on. Your your son there. uses yes. big words. Oh yeah, he does. Oh yeah. He's a walking thesaurus. It's it's nuts. I here's it, it's it's simultaneously something I'm proud of and I also will say is my fault because I don't know how to baby talk I would speak to my son at whatever age he was. I would just speak to my son, and I'd hit a word that he didn't know, and I'd be like, I should give you the definition of that word. So then the flip side of that is once he started talking, and now he won't actually stop talking. Once he started talking, the words are they're, – they're immense. They yeah, really are. Yeah, yeah. It's great, though. Well, we've also got Corey who writes to us. With the seven-year itch,
0: you can probably get the idea that every about every seven years mm-hmm. – he wants to trade up. Yep. And his friends have gotten cars. It is the story. All of his friends have gotten cool cars. Gotten very cool. And cars. he wants something cool too. He does. Well, that's what the it comes budget's down to. hard
1: there. I look forward to getting back to it's that eight one. Eight so. grand. Although I think I have your car, Corey. You're gonna good. Good. Not good. See this one coming. Well, let's uh, let's go with Jason here. Looking at a fun car that kids can be proud of. His budget is twenty to twenty five grand. He's looking for something different and unique. I love that manual and good handling. More important than raw power. Mm-hmm. There's three or four of you out there that are already hollering what you think we're going to say, and you may be right. He commutes about 50 miles a day, half of which is on an amazing, beautiful squiggle of a back road. So that sounds fantastic, Jason. we cool. got to solve that. Well, he says no Hellcats. Oh, man. <laughs> How come? Well,
0: well, considering what he wants, that makes sense to me. Although $25,000 Hellcats are really scary. Yes. And we, exciting well, all but, at the same but time. But I actually
1: don't think it's scary for the people vi- buying them. I think it's scary for the rest of us. Uh, well, That's, yeah. that's what I'd okay. be terrified by. I, I was driving over here to you, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I watched a WRX that was off the side of the road. Then they what? were in the road. Then they were back off the side of the road. Then they were splitting the two lanes that existed. They were splitting right down the middle. So I'm in the Phaeton, which is, let's be honest, you're getting gunned down by an aircraft carrier.
0: Was it email or Facebook or what
1: what was it? They were on their phone.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, they were on their phone. I can tell. So his current car, Volvo S60 T6 all-wheel drive, Mm -hmm. he says, with Polestar Flash and Michelin Pilot Sports. (laughs) Now... Okay. Jason thought he needed a family car, but the yep. kids are rarely in the car. Mm-hmm. Just hang on to that statement. I agree. They're I agree. rarely That's in key. the car. It's key. And he takes his wife Honda CRV. His wife's Honda CRV. If they take the kids, mm-hmm. now has 115 thousand miles. He used to have an 05 Audi S four with a manual. He loved this Very car. Cool. Bought with seven thousand miles. Cool. Sold at eighty five. So you're also getting the idea. He keeps them for a while and mm-hmm. drives them. Mm-hmm. Also had a 99 Volvo C70 Coupe. Seeing a trend here, yeah. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had the bigger turbo, five-speed manual. Mm -hmm. Bought new with European delivery and sold with 125,000 miles on it. And his first car was a C4 Corvette, which we've recently recommended.
1: Over 100,000 miles on it. That's cool. That was the first car. That's very cool. Do you remember when the the C70 Coupe was made into the Puma? Oh I, there was some dentist that spent a bunch of money and made it like a off road monster truck. Why'd you thing have to bring with, that because up? Because I still can't believe it existed oh, at all. Man. And that that person had not only money to make it, but then actually money to actually try to promote it at the LA Auto Show and we all this is during press days. You've never seen journalists roll their eyes as much as those press days. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, was, was You awful. could just stand off to the side and just people watch other journalists going by the Puma and be like, wow, this is fantastic. If you want to also have an image you can't claw out of your brain quickly enough, <laughs>
0: just Google Volvo C70 Puma. Uh-huh. It's this purple monstrosity. Yeah. It's beyond awful. And then I heard it wasn't really engineered, so he didn't want to drive it because it would collapse into a pile of dust. Awesome. So it didn't look good. Didn't drive. And I think Vegas can get rid of your money quicker, but I'm not sure. So the current shortlist is the BMW 228. Jason's looking at those, which we highly recommend. We love Mm -hmm. them. They are good. Yeah. for $25,000. Lovely car. Excellent car. He's also looking at Honda Civic SIs, which Mm -hmm. are good, fun. And Mazda threes are on the list. But Jason, I wanted to start off with something about a car that is a feature the kids will love because ultimately what you're coming back to is, yeah, you want a good car for yourself. Mm -hmm. Of course it needs to be within budget and you need to have use for it and you commute Mm -hmm. in it, all those those kinds of things, but the kids got to love it. Mm -hmm. So what is the feature the kids will love? Is it a Whistly turbo is it a thundering V8? It's a verbal tune on the exhaust. This one Maybe. makes firecracker noises. Maybe so. Yeah. Is it an over-the-top styling that they just mm-hmm. love? Hey, that car's coming. It doesn't really matter to them about yeah, yeah, the yeah. power or the handling, yeah, yeah, whatever, totally. even though I know you need that. Is it brutal acceleration like an mm-hmm. electric car? What is that? So I started off here with thoughts about the Hyundai Veloster N. If you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, twenty to twenty five, you can get them slightly used for about twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, somewhere in there.
1: I found a lot of them for that. I like that car. That, the, really, the bottom of the uh, Veloster N market right now. I looked it up. I looked it up on Auto Tempest, and the bottom of the market is twenty five thousand dollars. And so, if you've got twenty five to spend, mm-hmm. you can go get yourself a Veloster N right now that has the burble tune to make the kids laugh at firecrackers. It it, it and it's burbles and pops crazy and
0: crazy fun to drive. It really is. You can put the car, the kids in it, mm-hmm. in the car, even though they're rarely in the car.
1: Remember that? Agreed. They they would probably want to ride with you more. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I also found a 2017 Subaru BRZ in yellow.
1: You knew that was coming. The 86 chassis is on my list too. This is these are the cars that I know many of you were already saying, but this is in a sometime occasional kids car while you enjoy it manual. Great handling, not that powerful, but a driver's car. You asked for all of those things, Jason. That's exactly what it is. Well, I picked the yellow one because of the lack of power. So it stands
0: oh. out because it's yellow. Sure. And so sure. the kids will think school bus, daddy's taking to school on the school bus and yeah, it's yellow. It's a bright and car and they're excited about with it. With the squiggly road, <laughs> you will love that because it sounds like you can keep your speed. And then if it's only half highway commuting, then I approve because I don't
1: uh, approve for full highway commuting in that. I don't approve. When I still had my Saab 92X, I was up on an amazing, stitched onto the side of the mountain road with my son coming up between here and Salt Lake. (laughs) And uh, he's riding in the car seat on the passenger side, right in the back, okay? And he's looking out the window. And he was old enough to talk. He was probably three-ish at this Mm -hmm. point, Mm -hmm. but not nearly the comprehension level that followed on cars later. So we're driving along. And we go through a stand of Aspen on either side of the road. And then we pop out of the stand of Aspen, and his side of the car dropped away again. And he goes, Dad, is this dangerous? (laughs) He said that? He said this. And I said, no, buddy. It's fine. Then we went through another stand of trees, and he was like, see, I like this better. Oh, funny. It really made me laugh. So he had an early introduction to mountain roads. But the point is, just having squiggly roads, that you aren't going as slow as you would in the family truckster,
0: Mm-hmm. That'll mm-hmm. feel
1: great to the kids. It doesn't matter how fast you got there. It's that roller coaster sensation of quick movement. We just had this autocross thing we did. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. My son, who's now 10, felt pretty mixed about autocross because I think he's never been on track with me. Okay? Oh, yeah, right. So I think he's that drifted was- drifted with you, though. He has drifted with me. Pretty but, funny. But the autocrossing in the Lotus wigged him out a little bit. Because he's never had direction changes that were that sudden. Oh, sure. So it took him a minute to be like, is this okay? And I said, it's great, buddy. We're all good. This
0: could actually have the opposite
1: effect of... If you now don't drive like that everywhere you go, he's going to be like, I'm
0: bored. How come I you're not know. going fast? I know. You're a terrible driver. Exactly. Come on, mom. Exactly come on, grandma. Right. What exactly are you doing? Right. So,
1: Jason, hopefully you'll get something that kids will enjoy in that regard. But keep going.
0: I was just thinking for you know all the shortcomings that is the Toyota 86, paint mm-hmm. can make up for a lot of that for kids. It's, it's a great looking car. If it's yellow it's great and car. they don't know it doesn't have a lot of power, that makes up for all of those shortcomings. It's all about how you use that power. You've proven that in many, many a rental car. Yeah. <laughs> I have. But. Jason, you probably knew I was going to go here, and he came in for $25,000, and he came in sure because you said the kids are rarely in the car. That doesn't mean both of them have to go for a ride at the same time. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I am. It has been years, I think, okay. since I've actually recommended a Porsche 911, Hmm. and I'm going to do it because it is the perfect car for you. Yeah. Think I'll about be, it. What? You've got kids. They can be in the back. So he's 996, then. I found a 2007 did you 911 carrera base carrera okay 75000 miles for 29888 yeah okay see
1: then that's the 997 that's the next gen which is honestly it the it is the next want. gen yeah.
0: but it's the base you don't need the carrera s you, you want don't. sports yeah. car you want good handling you want yeah. some power. that thing still has good power
1: yeah it does yeah it does watch our it's 50 years of 911 car. we thoroughly enjoyed the base came in uh, pardon me the base 911 997 that was in that for sure yes so base 911 this was black it's got tinted
0: windows original wheels it looks clean mm. it's an 07 manual transmission 75,000 miles drive that to double the mileage mm. i dare mm. you to put a ton of miles on that honestly mm. put a couple hundred thousand miles on that car and enjoy it because it is the 911 it's got the back seats, so both kids can go with you yeah. it yeah, is yeah. fairly practical more so than most sports cars and the fact that you're getting the 997 mm-hmm for I admit I blew out your budget by you four did. grand. You did, but twenty nine eight means you can have it for twenty nine. I'll bet you they'd $29, yeah, they would take twenty nine, which means you're only four thousand above your original price, and then you're in a Porsche nine eleven, a real nine eleven. Interesting. I'm not All having right. to make excuses for you're you right. that okay, it's a nine nine six and it's a Porsche nine eleven, but it's a nine nine six. I'm not having to make any of those excuses anymore. Interesting. This is All a genuine right. nine eleven, my friend. We're about to get
1: letters from people that drive nine including Chance, who shoots. First, I know but, yeah. this, yeah, yeah. but I am a Porsche guy. I'm yeah, a nine eleven yeah. freak. Yes. I came you I'm
0: super freak, yes. and so I, I will take it. All right. right, will take all those letters. I'm just saying now might be the time to look at base
1: Carreras mm, mm. of the 997 generation. Well done. I have a couple I have to add here, Jason. I, the thing I think is interesting about your short list, BMW 228, Honda Civic Si, and Mazda 3. Mm-hmm. My feeling when I look at all three of those is I go, those are all good. They're all good. But how much can you reach – to a used one of the bigger brother of all of those. I mean, we already mentioned 86. We already mentioned Veloster N, okay? Used M235s are Well, I just your blew budget. out his budget by four grand, so you I'll did. give you four extra thousand dollars. Don't, don't worry, I'm getting there. But used, <laughs> okay, it, good. But used M235s, you can get them for 20 grand, 25 grand. So now yeah. you're up above. The, now, here's the thing. I, I actually really I like yes. the 228. I actually think it's great. First time I ever drove a two series was a two twenty eight on track Look, with the eight speed we auto, both and it was impressive. Yeah, so it's not a bad yeah. choice at all. But you really could get probably an M two thirty five for the same money for mm-hmm. for that twenty five grand. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be the better choice. Yes, we've mentioned Veloster eighty six, all those kind of things. I like your your Porsches. I see that, but I thought of this dad car. Okay, kids think is awesome. Yeah, Jason, you said Honda Civic Si, but did you know that the Type R market? Bottom's out at twenty-eight.
0: No. I found a couple outliers
1: via auto I found a couple outliers that were like twenty-four. They were the weird ones that you're not really sure if that car's okay. But the bottom of the actual market where you've got options, twenty-eight grand. Are you telling me civic type R's are twenty-eight thousand dollars? I'm telling you you could go get a civic type R as of this podcast recording for twenty-eight grand and they're only gonna go lower. What? So, uh, Jason, this is honestly, great news. Type R. I kind of feel like that is the ultimate dad mobile right now because if you've got little kids, you're driving a transformer car. It looks fantastic for little kids. It's crazy fun to drive. Good gas mileage. Great on a back road. Surprisingly utilitarian because it is a Honda Civic with four doors and a trunk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I well hatch technically. My point here is Civic Type R is just above your budget. And I think by far the better car than the stuff on your short list. I totally agree to that. And it checks two of my boxes of things that delight kids, mm-hmm.
0: crazy styling mm-hmm. and the turbo punch. They would love that.
1: And they're really cool in blue and red. Yeah, they yeah. are. Are you leaving it there? Is I, this, I, I'm stopping there. We've covered about everything I could think. of I that really checked all those boxes. If
0: They're so. truly $28,000. I found a poll. I found a couple of pages of them. That hallelujah. Way. Yes. Agree. Honestly, mm-hmm. for all of us, Yep. then type ours for everybody,
1: I guess. We like anything that helps our car disease. Well, frankly, anything that makes it worse, which is why we're big fans of Haggerty Drivers Club. For just $45 a
0: year, that's less than $4 a month, you'll get six issues of the fantastic Haggerty Magazine, roadside service with guaranteed flatbed towing, invitations to members-only events, valuable automotive discounts on things like tires and vehicle transport and racing school, and a whole lot more.
1: It's the ultimate membership experience for people who love cars. Check out Haggerty Drivers Club for yourself and join the club at Haggerty.com/slash everydaydriver. Corey's writing about the seven-year itch, which unfortunately is normally connected to I don't like the person I'm with anymore, but in this case, it's about cars. <laughs> wow, this is not a relationship podcast. It's not. Fortunately. But we we stumble in there often, yeah.
0: Corey says he discovered the podcast while he was researching ideas and thoughts on cars. Good. Thank you. Well, Yes, thank you, but you're screwed now, buddy. Because uh, <laughs> welcome, you know he says at the Daily Staple during his commute. Mm-hmm. He says his first car was a 1997 Cadillac Seville SLS. Mm-hmm. Picture that car. Yes. With its roundedness everywhere, yes. it's just, hey, a cool shape. And then we just scraped off all the edges.
1: <laughs> we just, Remember this car? Well, but see, they've, they've snapped back the other way now. Because uh-huh. now you can like, cut yourself open on the edge of a Cadillac. So yeah. Exactly.
0: This had the North Star V8 he purchased for $4,000 all right. All right. back when he was 17 years old. It only has 32,000 miles. Even with a four-speed automatic, it had plenty of power for him to have some fun on all kinds of roads, and he's out in Iowa. So, yeah, I'm sure that thing was fast on
1: some Well, roads. and also, when you're 16, 17, you know what car's fun? Whatever car you have. Exactly. Any car. Your car. Yeah, totally. It just doesn't matter. You've got a window of like 18 months, two years where it just doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. like, I have car. I will make laughter. That's really all that happens. Totally. Well, seven years ago,
0: he traded that car in, got himself a 2013 Chevy Impala. Okay. Says, there's nothing wrong with the car. I agree. There's nothing wrong. Fine.
1: It's fine. Yes.
0: But he says there's a list of cars that some of his close friends have gotten in the last 16 months. <laughs> you're hearing the Janis Joplin song in your head right mm, now. Yeah. Oh Lord, will you buy me a Mercedes Benz uh-huh. because yeah, yeah, all my friends, right? You, totally. You're hearing that song. Totally. Yes. Somebody got a 2015 Evo GSR. Like it. Somebody else got a 2008 Nismo 350Z. Another friend got a 2015 Subaru BRZ. And a last friend got a 2012 supercharged Camaro SS. So when they go driving, he's got the Impala. Mm-hmm. I can see it. You're feeling left out. You're at the back of the pack. You're in the yeah. 2013 Impala going, yeah. what have I done? Mm-hmm. I need something. Yeah. 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 Resurrection. He's, I need something. He said, look,
1: it's pretty obvious. I want sportier, more fun to drive. I need to use it as a daily. He has a five-year-old, but she can easily climb in and out. I like this. Although, by the way, also his five-year-old daughter says that she begs to go for rides in Grandpa's (laughs) car, which is a Cadillac ATS V. So I like this. You've got a petrol girl on your hands. I think that's amazing. Uh, His fiance doesn't really care what he drives, but that means we have a budget that is pretty immovable of uh, about five grand to spend on top of what the Impala is worth. So let's do math real quick: eight grand. He says, any more than that, you might see
0: his mug shot on Dateline after he tells the boss. <laughs> Yikes. All right. That
1: is um, so that's, uh, a eight nice grand way of our saying. Budget. There it is. $8,000
0: yes. it is. He says, ideally, it's an all-wheel drive sedan since they, they do live a bit out of town and roads can be covered for a day or two in the winter. Okay. All right. But he won't shy away from the challenge of plowing through snow in a rear-wheel drive coupe or a hatch. It's asking a lot. Mm-hmm. But he says he's open. Okay. I love this. And you better be this. open. Okay, good. Because ahead, I go have ahead. your car.
1: Do you? You I said a,
0: a day or two in winter. Mm-hmm. That means I don't think you need all-wheel drive. Okay, I'm okay. not hearing mountainous passes, and I'm not sure. hearing sure, sure. my driveway is really steep. And in the winter, you just everything slides off. I'm not mm. hearing that. For eight thousand dollars, where'd you go? A 2004 to 2006 Pontiac GTO. It's on my list. You will be the baller when you it. roll up in a Pontiac GTO, my friend. Those things have power. Mm-hmm. Now, automatics are about eight grand manuals are more. They're 11 mm-hmm. to 15, yeah. but you might
1: score. You might be lucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Start looking in Florida is my recommendation. Yes. There's a lot of those. They're all there. in Florida. Let's They're, be honest. All the the car you're looking for, whoever you are, there's public service announcement on the podcast. If you're looking for a car, <laughs> exactly. your car's in Florida. I can't guarantee its quality. I can't quite guarantee how well it's been put together or maintained, but the car you're looking for is currently available at your budget in Florida. I'm telling you. Yeah. That is my
0: recommendation. Okay. GTO, it's got power. It's got noise. It does. You can put winners on and it will be great. Mm-hmm. I know a friend here in park city who yes. has one and he decided to put blizz on it mm-hmm. and now he's driving it all year long and he yes, does here in park city, have yeah. a nasty driveway yeah and that's in park city you're in iowa mm-hmm. a winter is a day or two i think you'll be fine even if you get a like winter this. set of wheels and tires I,
1: which is probably smart yeah
0: automatic manual doesn't matter okay if it's an automatic as a matter of fact he's a drag racer he's the same drag racer guy that has pontiac you know tattooed on his heart yeah he's thinking about he, he got the Automatic deliberately because he's a drag racer. Okay, he sure. He wanted the Automatic. Sure. And you're in Iowa. So there you go. this car could be perfect. And think of that among the Evo and the Nissan 350 and the yes. Subaru. Even the supercharged Camaro. You're going to roll up next to him and be
1: like, let's bring it on. Well, but I also do think it's an interesting car to add to that group. Because right now, yes. with the Impala, he's got these buddies with incredibly varied for fun cars, but they're incredibly varied. And then there's the Impala. Yeah. You roll up with the GTO as well. It's like, that's you're adding to the eclectic, awesome mix of this. Honestly. Yeah.
0: Nobody can assail the GTO nomenclature or badge. Nobody can, yeah, yeah. nobody can throw stones against that. It's a GTO. Mm-hmm. You cannot say anything bad about it. You can do easy stuff to get more power out of it. Mm-hmm. Should you want to, it's going to be a good commuter. It's going to be a little bit thirsty on gas. I admit, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what? You've got a GTO. Yeah,
1: I like it. That's good stuff. Start in Florida. Let us know. (laughs) Start in Florida. I have a few of them to actually bring up here. Uh, I've got some that are kind of normal, and then I went a little nuts. And one of my little nuts was actually the GTO that you had, because I actually do think that's interesting. Nice. I think that really does work well. Nice. Bring it. Um, First off, let's talk winter tires, and let's talk uh, fun things that are all-wheel drive. Okay. Your budget puts you nicely in the place, not for the WRX, because they're always too expensive, but the the Saab 92X. Oh, the sure. WRX sure, in the sob sure, suit sure. is in your budget, man. Go get yourself the aero, which is the turbo. Are those in the 8,000 range? Because the they're linears were. The the linears are like four to six now. Are the they linear, really? Because the, they're always a few thousand less. No kidding. So, uh, and again, same kind of thing as always in these kind of enthusiast sleeper cars. The automatics are cheaper than the manuals. But 9.2Xs are out there. You're maintaining an O a five WRX. The parts are out there. Mm-hmm. It's all-wheel drive, bomb-proof, and it's sure. a fun little hatch. I think you would enjoy that. While we're here... Fiesta ST with winter tires would be okay. crazy okay. fun and easy to maintain.
0: Are they now under 8,000?
1: Are they under 10? They're under 10. They're consistently under 10, and you can find them in the round 7, 8 range. So that is an option.
0: Are you thinking like winter car for around here?
1: I'm not yet, but it, but I keep <laughs>
0: filtering into my brain. Okay, so you get the i3, and I'll get an ST. There you go. And we'll trade off as much as we want, and those funny. will be the winter cars. There you go.
1: So Fiesta ST with winters would be very fun. I also hadn't talk, thought about this car in a while, the mid-2000s era Subaru Legacy Spec B. Oh, remember we drove one of those? I do remember. That's that's like the grown-up version of the WRX of that era. So I think you're going to have to shop around yeah, a little bit, yeah. but you can get those in a manual. We drove one as a Fast Blast years ago, which had been tuned to be even more of a monster. But even in stock form, the Spec B was the sportier version, and they were good. I could see that. I could see that. One A car I don't think I've ever recommended, but they are down here. My concern is maintenance. Audi TT. I was thinking all-wheel drive sportiness Audi TT. That would be an interesting car
0: against this other lineup.
1: You can get first gen and you can get beginning of second gen for your money. And I would go second gen because all the people I knew that had first gens, they were money pits. Early second gen was a little better. Just watch yourself for total miles and maintenance. So those were my kind of normal thoughts. And then I had just the full rear wheel drive group. And in there I had the GTO that you mentioned. I think that's a great one. You could look at Pontiac Solstice or Saturn Skies. Okay. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. While we're talking convertibles, I do have to say this. Mazda Speed Miatas. You can Get those for your budget. Be, up there. Be and, up there. And and that car rolls wonderfully with the rest of this group. It only does because of that turbo on that car. It's a fun car. It only Here's does the thing.
0: because of the power that the rest of these cars have. The
1: biggest thing, Corey, is how tall are you? Because we're too big for that car. Yeah. But they're really that's really the major slide I have against the second-gen Miata, and the Mazda Speed is fun. So Mazda Speed, Miata, and then I do have to say, if all of those fail, I was looking at the list of your buddies, and the one car that you could go get— for your budget that matches your buddies is go shop 350z's okay you could find one yeah you could maybe you you can't get a nismo but you get a nice 350z maybe something that somebody's done stuff to those cars have been uh, they've been fast and furious quite a bit but they've also been around long enough and they have their own spec race series that most of the parts that exist for those are plentiful and pretty well bulletproof are indeed at this point
0: Okay, well, here's a question: What about the 300Z, like you had twin turbo? Can you get them
1: for eight grand? Is my question? Not the ones you want, really. The the other ones look too beat down. Uh, Not the ones you want. The ones you Mm. want, you need at this point, unfortunately, because again, I've looked too much and it it pains me. (laughs) The ones you want are eleven, twelve, admitting something, are we? So, yeah, I don't think that's possible here, but there's so many 350s out there, you could get one for your money. So, Corey, let us know. I hope something there is awesome. I've been all over the map, but I wanted to give you a swath of things to consider. Hopefully something there catches. Whenever Paul and I are searching for cars, we always start with Auto Tempest. To find the best car for any budget, it's important to cast as wide a net as possible. Check all the places they might be
0: hiding. And you used to have to search all the different car sites separately, but with Auto Tempest, you can now get them all in one place. Auto Tempest lets you enter your car search info one time, and then you can see results from all the top used car sites at once, plus a bunch of smaller ones you probably wouldn't have
1: thought to check. Auto Tempest can help you find your next car wherever it's hiding. Plus, with all these listings in one place with one search, it's a great comparison tool to shop around and find the best deal. So if you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or just looking to feed the disease because you want to look at cars again today, head over to autotempest.com. All the cars... One search.
0: We're jumping to questions. There's a ton of them. I am complimenting all of you again. Thank you for the excellent questions. Well thought out, well curated questions. First of all, we've got a question from Mazen Mahmoud Abdel Rahman. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, well done, but though. he's asking: Do we remember which roads and route we drove for the BMW X5 M Drive mm-hmm. we did a few weeks ago in Arizona? Yes, as a matter of fact, we started in Phoenix and took Highway 89. Where we shot was Highway 89 from Yarnell to Prescott. That mm-hmm. swath yeah. right in there, and some great twisties back up in there. Of course, we took the freeways to get up in that area. You can probably see that on on. Uh, on the map, but yeah, that was a great, great piece of road. We it need
1: fantastic. to go back and drive yeah, it again. It was really, really good. Gabriel on Facebook said, is, is wanting a manual transmission a good enough reason to change a perfectly good automatic car? Uh, Gabriel, uh, you wrote this podcast. You, you know, uh, like a really a sliver of a reason to change cars as far as we're <laughs> concerned. The, the big question I have for you is, how is a manual going to fit in your life? Are you mm-hmm. going to be annoyed mm-hmm. that you have it because you're sitting in the four, on the 405 in traffic every day? I'm the kind of guy that I would probably risk it, but... The thing is, is that going to bother you? I say that because really people write us many times, ask questions about driving a manual transmission, et cetera. Really, the only way to get good at it is to do it every day and to have a car that's yours, that you drive constantly in all conditions, and it's manual transmission. That's the way you dial in that skill. So if you want that, I think the only thing to do is you need to sell your automatic and get a manual of some kind, and you'll really refine that skill. you also discover how much you like manual or don't for your life. Jeffrey Yu has a Mazda dealership story that is kind of concerning. Mm -hmm. It says, what do you do when you
0: purchase a CPO car and realize the fenders were rolled by the previous owner? Underneath the car, he noticed a mid-pipe and the axle, he said, was welded back together instead of a flange. He talked to the dealership, and they're refusing to fix these things, which obviously were the prior owner that did all this stuff. Shouldn't he expect these things in the original form if he purchased a CPO car? Nothing was said by the dealership upon purchase of these hidden things, and he feels that he was cheated. Yeah, that's – I believe certified pre-owned is up to a particular set of standards, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From new, so they 're going through a checklist, yeah. and usually the sales team has to take the car over to the service department and pay the money as if they were getting the, the checklist done mm-hmm. and go through everything because they 're essentially selling it that way i don 't believe that cPO cars can be modded well, somebody correct me if i 'm wrong, but i don 't know because that 's not the things that they 're looking for,, yeah. and they could affect if you 're looking for you know one particular line item in the you know, there's a different part in the car. Well, how can you guarantee yeah. if it's a different part that it is CPO? How will it pass Mazda or Mercedes or whatever mm-hmm, car mm-hmm. company? How will it pass the standards if there's a different part where it's been changed? So it's my understanding. Somebody, again, please correct yeah, me if yeah. I'm wrong, but I don't believe aftermarket parts or aftermarket work can be done on a car for it to pass CPO. But
1: we're existing in a gray area here. Here's what I think actually happened here. I think it's that classic category of, I checked the things you asked me to. And I'm sure that different... I hate that attitude, but you could be right. I'm sure that different car manufacturers have different level of stringency here. Okay. But my suspicion is that if you were to see what is the checklist of what Mazda checks to declare CPO, that that stuff didn't run, you didn't run awry of that list that whatever you found on this car wasn't something they were checking for. Now that is low. I don't It's like really it. low. I don't like it, yeah. but I really wonder if that's what's going on here. You give it to a technician and I'm not faulting the technician. The technician is going through the list of the stuff they've been asked to check and right. they went, "This is fine, here's my signature." By the way, there's a bunch of other stuff you didn't ask me to check that is currently the case That's on this car. is just
0: wrong and low it and is, underhanded it and is, crazy. But I,
1: I, but I also think it's one of those things, that I'm not excusing it, but it's one of those things that I could see a progression that led to that, and now you've bought this car and gone, what the heck, guys? You're probably going to have to go above your local dealer to get anything done here. I hate to say it. The issue with going after dealers and going after mm-hmm. car companies yes, is car. a big one yes.
0: because you're going to have to decide how worth it is, is it mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm does the car not run? Do you do not like it? Is it, you know, failing in any way or are these things just sort of, all right, I don't like that that was done, but it doesn't change how the car drives or my love for it. Because if you're going after the dealer, you're going to have to decide, all right, you know, is it small claims? Is, is the fine print? Does it protect me? You know, what about going after with a lawyer? Because that's time and money and things drag out, especially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, going after car companies. That's why you see class action lawsuits yeah. because, you know, more people that get involved, then it's something for a car company to, to say, all right, I guess we kind of have to respond. Totally. There's yeah. a lot yeah, of people yeah. here. But if it's one, they can ignore you. And they do. Yeah, I hate to say yeah. it. And dealerships kind of are the same way. It depends on the dealership. Some are reputable. Some want them, mm-hmm. Some look at you thinking – you know what? You're another future potential customer. You mm-hmm, might come mm-hmm. back and buy another car. You might tell all of your circle of friends and recommend like crazy on every website. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. a great thing we did for you. And so, all right, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Other dealerships, just take your money. Yeah, And it just depends on the dealership. And yes, you're right to feel cheated, especially if it's CPO. If it were just a used car, I'd say... Buyer beware. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you experienced this with the Lancer. That dealership did not
1: disclose quite a few
0: things on the Lancer that Mm -hmm. you discovered later.
1: But not being a Mitsubishi dealer who'd really gotten a car like that before, I think a lot of it was stuff that they just didn't even know about. They didn't know about didn't care to look, and it wasn't CPO. No. But in this case, the problem is I don't
0: know how much leverage the term CPO gives you because... Agreed. Agreed. It's a a wishy-washy term. It Mm -hmm. means some things to... Different people can feel it's hard to quantify that.
1: It's the thing. It's that it's that sliding scale between I think you feel better than you bought it from the local random used car dealer. But you certainly aren't getting a new car. There's I'm sorry real, that happened, yeah, Jeffrey. Really, I'm really, really sorry. Nasty, yeah. I, I wish you
0: luck. Uh, ultimately, it's going to come down to deciding how much time and energy and money mm-hmm. do I want to pursue with this. Yes, agreed. I mean, you can go to war with a dealership and not recommend them
1: and write yeah. terrible things about them everywhere, you know,
0: on social media or whatever. What good
1: will that yeah. do? There's, there's a toxicity question here yeah. that I've pondered personally in the last year, and I won't get into the details, but the, the short, short version of this is that I wound up in court not of my own doing. I wound up in court. Someone Mm -hmm. took me to court. It did not go well for me. Other people advised me, well, you could sue the people that put you in the position for that person to come after you. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. I could. I absolutely could. I would have a very strong case. But now I'm keeping this toxicity in my life. Yeah, I'm keeping a situation that is drawing me pain, that is drawing me financial hardship, that is creating in me just a pit in my stomach the longer it goes on. Yeah, so I had a yeah. real honest conversation with my wife and other friends where I was just like, I would rather take this pain and put it behind me yep. than continue to pursue it in case I might come out on top. The toxicity lives. That is a thing. So I, I want to give you that and take that as you will because that's a real question mark here. <laughs> I mean, being an activist investor
0: is one thing. When you hear some sort of activist investor being a, a bee in the bonnet of you know, sure, some company sure, over yeah. here and they're poking them like crazy, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a high level at the level we're talking about what if the money that you would have spent on lawyers or time whatever yeah. what if you put that back into the car to fix it back to how you want good question and you good move question. on yeah it's will good that question. will that get the dealer no but will it make your heart feel a little bit better mm, about it mm. good question then it's back and i still like the car and then i'll just mm, i'll just mm. pay it forward i'll disclose wow. that to whatever whoever i sell the car to in the future and say you know what
1: it happened. There's a personal answer here that's tough. Rocketboy336 says, okay, <laughs> okay. Is there a car we've driven in the past year that we would never recommend to anybody? Yes. And I thought of two. I thought of at least one. I'm going to call them both out. Okay. I thought of two. One was the Mitsubishi Outlander. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, kind of blocked it out of my head. It's a, it is a box check car. You can see that the people at Mitsubishi were given a list of things to do. They've done it very well. And it is Blansville. I just – the number of cars – we actually had the PHEV version, the hybrid version, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. We were astonished by when we looked at the price, which was like mid-40s. The number of cars yeah. you would have to pass in consideration to wind up there. That's why I would never recommend it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't actually that it was categorically terrible. It was just that much money? Against, the, I would just, there's so many other things I would have bought before. Also in a similar category hmm. was the Lexus LX, either 470 or 570, the big Lexus body-on-frame SUV that is based on the Land Cruiser. Yeah. yeah. The problem I have with that is it's not Lexus enough to be a Lexus, and it's not off-road enough to be an off-roader. It's just Bang a way on. to fill a market segment. Bang on. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but this is for no one. Except people still do buy them. Yes, because they are Lexus disciples, and they want that thing. I was going to name and, a few other Lex. yes. There's plenty of Lexus that I understand why they sell. That one, I was just like, this is a car without a country. It doesn't belong where it is. Speaking of which, we
0: will have a fast blast coming shortly of an Infinity QX80 mm-hmm. that I wouldn't bless anybody with. I wouldn't yes. recommend that you buy it. I, I... I Had a bit of a rant, but it was from a positive, encouraging place. (laughs) So I do encourage you to watch that when it drops because I think infinity is well positioned. I've talked about this Mm -hmm. before. I think infinity is very well positioned as a brand for the future Mm. because speaking about a car without a country they don't know what country they are. They they, they have not defined who they, defined yeah. who they yeah, are yeah. in my mind, and I think to most car enthusiasts. Mm, mm-hmm. And so if they redefine themselves and remade themselves, mm, mm. I think the QX80 would drop off their list of
1: important cars that need to be made. Interesting. Well, you give what I can only describe as like a parental pep talk to Infinity in that piece I look forward to sharing. I like
0: to look at it that way. They yeah.
1: might not, but I hope, I hope I hope they anyway, take it right. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, Mystic Negro has not written us in a while. Actually, we haven't responded in a while, but he's written us a few times. But he always has really good questions. His question here an is about uh, tuning out of class. He says, because of reasons. <laughs> I, like I always it. say because of the reason. He, he doesn't get into reasons. But he, his, his wife has a C430, a okay, mm-hmm. Mercedes C430. So it is not quite the big level, which is the C43. Sorry, C43, which is not quite the big boy, which is the C63. So it's got some AMG flavor, but not the full power output. But he just found out, (laughs) as you do when you're a car enthusiast, and we've met his wife as well. They are serious car enthusiasts, autocrossers, et cetera. So he just found out that for less than $1,000, he can actually get this thing tuned. Think about this. For close to the power levels of the big C63 AMG. For less than $1,000. And it's from a reputable co- company that actually tunes Mercedes. It's not like the guy down the block that bought a laptop has figured out how to do it. No, this is like a known company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his question is, does this kind of chase of power in turbos change our calculus of tuning out of class? Uh, Mystic Negro, I'm going to come back to this real quickly because my my thinking is kind of the same. And that is, there's a five dollars to $7,000 swath here. Five to seven thousand dollars for me is the range you probably have before you've tuned your car out of class of investment dollars into the car. Because once you get to ten, ten grand more into your car is a different kind of car. So my feeling is it's a sliding scale. What are you doing for five grand? Is Mm -hmm. that wheels and tires and a tune? Mm -hmm. You spent less than five grand, sure. Uh, So if you found this kind of thing and you can get that, I don't think you're tuning out of class. If you told me, you know what, I bought a C forty three AMG, and for eleven grand. I can get it close to the C60. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You spent a thousand dollars yeah. and you got that much power out of it. It's just laying there and it's available from a reputable tuner. I mean, obviously when you crank an engine up like that, you run some risk of other things breaking eventually, but you're talking about somebody reputable. I don't think that's tuning out of class at all. I think that's well within the swath. My thought is power. Why does tuning always equal power? Well, because that's the thing you can plug a laptop in and go, we made it better.
0: I agree. But across car mm-hmm. car culture in general, we say I've tuned it. That generally means power. Yes. If you said, you know what? I started with a really good set of lightweight wheels and tires and mm-hmm. I upgraded my brakes. I tuned my car. You did. <laughs> and I took a driving course. <laughs> well, you did. Yes. But that's not what people think. So you're right. if you're, you're going right. after power, my baseline is, is can the car take the power? Is mm, it already mm-hmm. set up the chassis, mm-hmm, the brakes, mm-hmm. yeah. the suspension? Can it take that kind of power for a Mercedes like yours? Yes, it can. Yeah. I take your point. It can take, take that your power. point. Yep. If we're just adding a bunch of power to a stock 86, those wheels and tires are not up to the task, nor are the brakes. <laughs> they are not, nor is the suspension <laughs> The wheels and tires which specifically. Yes. Now you're spending more than Todd's 10 grand and therefore you've tuned out a class. Yeah. I see
1: your point. I see your point. Yeah. So
0: if the car can take the power, Fine. If it can't take the power, you've tuned out of class. Because mm, there's many cars whose chassis can take it and they're already set up otherwise to take the power. Yeah, power. Well, you need to stop too. Mm-hmm. So your brakes can't be eensy-weensy <laughs> brakes that are not You're right. set up to You're it. Right. Can the car take the power without doing anything else? Sure. Cheap tune. My Cayman GTS is a good example. Mm, can mm-hmm. it take the chip tune that'll bump it to 350, 360, or I think almost 380? Yes, it can.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, yeah.
0: the brakes, the tires, the suspension, and the chassis are set up for power. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. cars
1: aren't. That's good. I do like that. That's good thoughts. Hopefully that helps, man. Uh, let's see. What else have you got? Let's see here. Oh, uh,
0: well, Mor- R- Moriarty 16. asks about the best cheap and somewhat reliable car to learn stick shift on. Believe it or not, he's got a girlfriend that actually wants to learn. Fantastic news. Like it. it. Stiff clutch in his Subaru isn't friendly to her, though. He mostly learned on a Civic. And what has a similarly easy clutch and transmission setup to use, but a little bit more fun, leaving the front-wheel drive world would also be nice. I hear you on that, but that doesn't really matter to Mm -hmm. learn the dynamics and the take-up of the clutch. You've heard my brother-in-law's story. He bought a fifteen hundred dollars Saab nine hundred turbo to teach the kids stick, and now he's a Saab <laughs> now he acolyte. Loves it. He's he's trolling forums. He's preparing which next nine hundred turbos he gonna get. Yeah, he's babying the thing. He's poured money into it, and it's impressive. Two hundred three thousand, probably two hundred five thousand, and it runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you know you stir it like you know ice yeah, cream yeah, or soup, yeah, yeah, and for it's, sure, you know transmission rebuild is coming. But I would recommend something very cheap. If mm-hmm. you're going to buy, then yes, very cheap. I mean, you could rent
1: something maybe if you can find manual. But but, but it's tough. Before, I think you have to drive it regularly to really dial in the skill.
0: You do. The problem with the, the really super cheap used cars is the sloppiness of every True. control. True, yes. Worn synchros, mm-hmm. worn clutch, gauges real high. And that says to the learner, oh, this is what all cars must yeah, feel like. Yeah, that is the danger. You're right. And then you, right, you hop yeah. in a brand new mm-hmm. GTI. Mm-hmm. And the take up is right off the floor, and it's crisp and snickety snick, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. you think, "Well, this is totally different." Then you will learn all cars are not the same. Sure. Well, it doesn't matter. Two two new
1: cars with manual transmission are sure. wildly different. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: As to uh, I, I I like that she has interest. Mm-hmm. So that tells me she's going to learn quickly. Hopefully, yeah. Trying yeah. to force somebody that's not really wanting to do that. There's no interest. Get the cheap used Mm -hmm. car. But if she's got interest, I think she'll pick it up more quickly and therefore it will cost your clutch wear less.
1: Interesting. I was thinking about there's multiple Honda products. The CRZ that you recommend a lot has got a great, super gearbox. The Honda Fit has got a great six-speed gearbox. If you get a current Civic, those are good as well. Both, All all three of those are good. Also, anything in the Golf lineup from the base Golf to the GTI is remarkably easy to drive as a manual transmission. Those are the first ones that really jump out at me. There are others, of course, but hopefully you can start there. Mm. Let's see here. Speaking of manuals, uh, Scott A. Stratton said, First, three cars are manuals, but he hasn't had one in 15 years. He wants a manual before they stop making them. I think they're going to be around a while. They're going to get more and more niche, but they're going to be around a while. Plus, I'll say this to you as well. All the cars that are currently on lots being bought brand new right now with manuals are going to be used cars for decades. So you'll have <laughs> options. Yes, okay. I want to encourage you there, Scott. But he's just saying he has a currently has a front-wheel drive automatic four-cylinder, which he puts it in quotes like we do. It is fine. Mm. But yeah, he said it's inspired by NovaCane. It just, it's a <laughs> it's transport. So he's looking at the 86, but he has 70-something-year-old parents, and getting in and out of a sports car that small is not happening. Yeah. The fall in to those cars. I've told this joke before. My dad struggled with the, the FRS when I had it. I have real trouble getting him in and out of the Lotus. We almost have to get help. So I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> all right. So he needs something with a higher ride height than that and better, better access than that. So he's saying, but that puts me into front-wheel drive hatches. He just drove a GTI, really liked it. Really liked it. Thought this would be good for me, except he doesn't really want another front-wheel drive. So the question that's coming here from Scott is, am I going to hate my manual if I buy a front-wheel drive hatch and then shortly thereafter I realize I'm in a front-wheel drive? This is hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to recommend all-wheel drives to you because the all-wheel drive sedans, the Evo – the uh, STI WRX, they have the higher ride height you're looking for, but they have the genuine sports car dynamics. They don't have just front-wheel drive dynamics. They have genuine sports car dynamics with a, a more adult-friendly ride height, and ingress, egress, okay, and you're still manual transmission, sporty car. So look at those kind of things. What about the all-wheel drive sedans? You could even go, look, you could even do this. You could go back a little bit and you get yourself an Audi. Get yourself a S4 or A4 with okay, a Okay, sure. Okay? Sure. I think all-wheel drive might be your way around this problem. Andrew Woodman
0: asks if we believe cars can be cursed or have some sort of bad energy. Ooh, I saw this. He's owned a 2018 BRZ for less than a year and a half and has been involved in more than three collisions, most mm. of any mm. car he's ever had. The most recent one was yesterday, as he writes to us, and he says... Oh pretty frustrated with everything right now. He upgraded the car with a new exhaust manifold flex fuel kit and a tune. And it's seriously, he says it's everything I've dreamed in a low powered car. You can still have a lot of fun in, but he's thinking the car is cursed now. Four collisions in less than two years, and Ugh. yesterday is the worst of them all. Really sorry to hear that, Andrew. Yeah, That's for awful. Sure, for sure. He's in the market for something else because he's spooked. He'd love the same kind of car, and you went from an FRS, Todd, to an Elise. He's thought about that. <laughs> There's tons of options. But he's ultimately, he's just heartbroken to give up mm-hmm. his current dream car earlier than he wanted to. Keep in mind, Andrew, you can always come back. If yeah. you want to, yeah, yeah. you can always revisit this again in your life. And if you are indeed going to a different car to give yourself a fresh start, that is totally okay. Personally, I don't believe that that can happen to a car. So my my thought to you is, what is the common thread through all of these accidents and Great collisions? Question. Great question. Can you question. think back mm-hmm. and just think at everything leading up to them, the aftermath, everything just really put a lot of thought into the the common thread that each one of these had mm-hmm. maybe there's nothing maybe there's something yeah, agreed, that agreed. could be very informative to say it, it might speak to your inputs and how you're driving as far as your your perception of you know what what you're coming to the car agreed. with agreed yeah yeah i guess you know you're coming to the the headspace of driving do you need to be more attentive do you need to are you fine on the attentiveness is that not a problem are you know what is it that is the common thing mm-hmm. is it not knowing where the corners of your car is is it well, driving habits is it yeah. not stopping you know try different things you stop sooner for the car ahead of you at a stoplight you're mm-hmm. not coming up to the same you know you're not pulling as close so you're just changing yeah. little Who things knows? that might tell you okay what if i change my inputs and my you know my own driving
1: i'm not saying it's you either Stuff happens. For sure. Stuff just
0: happens. For sure. I mean,
1: along the lines of what you're saying, because this is a really, this is a landmines and rakes uh, situation, but talking along the lines of what you're saying, there may be a common, let's say every single one of these is not his fault, and he got hit in every single one of them. Totally. There still might be common threads of the situation. Sure. And the other thing I want to say to you on this cursed discussion, I don't want to say cursed, but I do want to say this. If this has happened to you this many times in that car, now your headspace is tweaked Mm -hmm. What's going to happen next? And Mm -hmm. subconsciously, that is going to probably erode your love of this car and situations where something might happen again. Mm -hmm. So I actually wonder if not from a cursed perspective, but if you need kind of the mental reset of driving something else, which just for a time be great because you've like I said, you've you've put into your brain. This car has this problem. And I think that might lean you toward it happening again because your brain's already kind of primed for it. And that's a subconscious weird thing that happens to us as humans. But once you get into a rut on anything, you kind of need to step completely out to get the brain reset. I think that's
0: fantastic. All right, last question for me from Hunter Brooks Dahl. How do you decide where to hit the apex in different corners? You've asked the question mm. of all questions, my yeah. friend. <laughs> every corner, Welcome every to car, race driving. Yeah, seriously. Welcome to your judgment and improving your skill. Mm-hmm. And by the way... Every track event that you go to, a high-performance driving event, any track instruction you do, usually the people running the show for that day will drop a cone at the apex to instruct you. Yep. And different corners, of course, have different apexes. And then maybe when it comes to a race, all those cones go away. So it's up to you to decide. Now, you start to get to know the track as you do a lot of laps, as you're there and you get familiarized with it. But some corners are a very late Track out. They're very late Mm -hmm. apex and late track out. So you can think about, you know, building your speed, but you're talking about the judgment that every driver has to come through to come to and, and start to evaluate and get better. How do I approach that corner? When you get instruction to do a corner completely differently than you did previously, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the heavens will open you will be amazed at this newfound knowledge because you'll think, I can hold my speed or I need to brake earlier or mm-hmm. whatever that newfound knowledge
1: is for that corner. But what's great is you can apply knowledge of that corner to future corners. That is the amazing thing. You'll, start, you'll find commonalities in types of corners on different tracks. And so if you start to learn it on one, you'll be able to apply it other places. The, the simple reality here, simple, I mean, huge air quotes you can't see, but if you have a track map, and look at it, tracing it with your finger. What's the smallest amount of cornering I can do with my finger and still make the track? Mm-hmm. Just that, you can start to go, wait a minute, that's weird. If I do the arc way up here, I have to arc real quick. But if I start way low, all of a sudden, it's amazing. And, and riding with people that are locals, that is, that is the key. you got to yeah. get people that are, yeah. this is my local track, and I know the fast stuff. You'll learn two or three corners where you're like, wait, that's how you do that corner? But remember
0: how you learn that corner knowledge. Remember that process mm. yeah. and now apply it to the next corner and yeah. be open that's to, to not good. think, well, I know that corner. I can do that corner because I know it. Mm. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe some yeah. – why is that person faster than I am because they're doing the corner? Wait, that's how you do that corner? Yeah. This happens to Todd and I all the Absolutely time. Absolutely it does. Because we trade information and we think, wait, you were faster through there. Wait, that's how you do that corner yeah. at that speed? How are you? How is that yeah. even humanly possible? And then you Yet get in, here. And you you try are it. doing it.
1: You get in and try it, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that does work!" Right? We've done that more times than that and count. He yeah, does it to me. Sure. I do it to him because yeah. then he's like, totally, "How totally. did you do that? How are you fast?" I'm like, "Well, I, I just do. I just, I just did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you just do." <laughs> well, and that, it's funny you bring that up. Last thought on this is the fact that when you and I show up at a track day at a track neither of us have ever driven. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is we will in, instinctively. Each find corners we're faster than the other one on. And yeah. they're opposite corners. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll have situations where I'm like, I, I I get number two. And you're like, I can't get two at all. I'm like, man, you know what? Six is killing me. You're like, oh, I love six. Right. It's amazing exactly. how that almost always happens. It's all, yeah. We're different enough drivers and people that we will instantly kind of understand instinctively a certain corner. So that's when you got to seek yeah. out the people around yeah. you and be like, how are you doing that? Right. It's fascinating. And then you can tell when we both start to figure out all the corners yeah. when we've shared too much info with each other that it becomes very the close very evenly matched yeah for sure
0: which is hilarious guys thank you so much for all your questions really really appreciate it as a, again i'm complimenting you all it's very cool yeah lots to come check out pilgrimage check it out just go read about it uh, for just sure say yes. you're not going just you know you've written it off just go look at it and just go <laughs> dream with us and then come with us that's how that <laughs> exactly. works exactly looking forward to next time thanks everybody cheers